This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson. Good morning, I'm Ann Romer, and welcome to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Friend of the show, retired Hall of Fame jockey Ramon Dominguez joins us this morning. The winner of close to 5,000 races and over $191 million in total purse earnings, he seems to be busier now in retirement than at the height of his outstanding riding career. So here's what he's been up to lately. Ramon designed the 360 GT riding crop, jockey approved. He oversees a program on YouTube for horse racing. Ramon can for the Horse Racing Integrity and Safety Authority. He's also president of the New York Race Chaplaincy. And in his spare time, yeah, he's got a bit of that. He's back into competitive running. Ramon Dominguez sits down with us in moments. Also today, 27-year-old jockey Ryan Munger from South Africa recently moved his tack to Woodbine. And while the thoroughbred meet goes deeper into the 2023 season, Ryan's services are more and more in demand as he continues to ride very impressively day in and day out. For the record, Ryan has won almost 800 races so far in his career and was consistently a top 10 jockey in South Africa and in Singapore. In 2017 and 2018, he was leading rider in Zimbabwe, and he's only 27. We asked Ryan Munger to be our guest on Ponies 24-7, and he said yes. Next Friday night, June the 2nd, Grand River Raceway opens its doors for the 2023 harness racing season. And with us today is Grand River's recently named raceway manager, Chad Rosema. Chad used to be with Woodbine Entertainment as a simulcast co-host, racing analyst, and fill-in standard-bred announcer. So this big move to Grand River back in April for his new job, it's a little bit of a homecoming as he grew up in nearby Elmira, Ontario, where he cut his horse racing teeth at the Elmira Raceway. Chad actually started working small jobs at the tender age of 10. He is now the raceway manager at Grand River. What a career so far. And finally, he's back. My wonderful co-host Larry Simpson will once again try to sniff out some potential betting gems at Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, and some other North American tracks that are racing today with our Ponies Picks of the Day, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. It's going to be a great show, so you better get your HPI and Dark Horse accounts ready to go for some heavy-duty action. When we come back, Larry Simpson will join us with our new feature, In Case You Missed It, Ponies 24-7's recap of the week that was in horse racing news. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. More from the track when we come back on 105.9 The Region. Go from Dark Horse to Winner. Dark Horse is Woodbine's new easy-to-use betting app that brings the thrill of the track right to you. Its AI-powered insights and strategies help you make smarter bets straight out of the gate. Feel the excitement of live streamed horse races wherever you go. Get $30 to start betting when you sign up today using promo code GET30. Download the app for free at PlayDarkHorse.com. Available on Android and Apple devices. The Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association of Ontario, the HBPA, has represented thoroughbred owners and trainers at Woodbine and Fort Erie racetracks since 1950. The HBPA provides members and their hardworking employees with medical insurance, pensions, benevolence, negotiations with racetracks, and government and provides vital industry information to the horse people. For more information on the HBPA of Ontario, please visit our website at hbpa.on.ca. 
Lymphoma Canada and Ponies 24-7 recommend that you don't horse around with lymphoma. Lymphoma affects the lymphatic system of both horses and humans, and currently there are over 100,000 Canadians living with the disease. Lymphoma is also the most common cancer diagnosis for adolescents and young adults. Visit lymphoma.ca slash ponies to donate to the Don't Horse Around with Lymphoma campaign. With your help, we can promote early detection, assist newly diagnosed patients, and support lymphoma research. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. I'm Ann Romer. Always a pleasure to introduce you to my co-host, Larry Simpson, and our In Case You Missed It, a look at the week that was in horse racing news. And Larry, it's really looking forward this time. We're talking about what's happening at Woodbine today, an exciting day at the races. It's an exciting day because turf racing is starting on the E.P. Taylor turf course, which means uh, spring is here, spring is almost gone, and it's almost summer. So... Uh, Shortly, they'll get the uh, the inside turf course going, and uh, you know you'll have days of racing when there'll be uh, maybe five, six, uh, six days or six uh, days or six races of turf, right? It, which is exciting because I love turf racing. Yeah, I was going to ask you about the fans, the horses, the jockeys. Who, does everyone love turf racing? I think they do. You talk to jockeys, and, and they love riding on the turf. You talk to trainers, and, and you ask them why do horses race well on the turf, and they said, well, because they're, they grew up on grass, and they're used to the grass feeling and, and that, and and fans like it because I think, you know, there's uh, – uh, I think the races are very competitive and they're good betting races and the, the, the bigger fields sometimes and especially stakes races on the turf are very exciting. And I love the fact that it's the E.P. Taylor. You know, he is a, an icon and was an icon in the world of horse racing. Yeah, originally it was called the Marshall Turf Course and then they uh, they changed it to the E.P. Taylor uh, Turf Course when they made uh, some changes to it and increased the size and it's... Uh, it's one of the most respected turf courses in uh, in the world, you could say, in, in North America for sure. So. His, his name lives on, as does his legacy. Yeah. Let's talk about the National Thoroughbred League. This is something being put together. It sounds pretty interesting. It is, and it's there's been talk about having a basically a, a thoroughbred league for, oh, I'm going to say the last uh, couple of years, and it looks like it's, it's happening now. They put a press release out... Uh, it's called the National Thoroughbred League, and they announced on this past Tuesday a new first-of-its-kind racing league where they're reimagining America's oldest spectator sport by creating a team-based professional sports league. So you've got teams set up with uh, horses and, and jockeys, and they've got several racetracks. Uh, there's going to be six original teams. They're going to represent New York, Los Angeles, New Jersey, Seattle, Nashville, and Philadelphia. They're going to have names, logos, uniforms to be unveiled next month. And uh, the inaugural 2023 NTL season one schedule will be September 2nd, 3rd, they're at Kentucky Downs. September 15th, 16th, they're at Emerald Downs. October 13th, 14th, uh, they're at Meadowlands. Uh, November 10th, 11th, they're at Los Alamitos. And December 30th, 31st, that's their championship weekend, and they're at Tampa Bay Downs. Now, there's some... Interesting people that are have been signed on here that uh, are going to be involved one way or the other. You're talking about uh, uh, training legends like Chad Brown, Steve Asmussen, legendary jockeys like Mike Smith and friend of the show, Chantel Sutherland. Mike Smith's a friend of the show as well. 
And I think what they're trying to do is introduce a team-based competition structure, which is similar to other sports like Formula One and things like that. And uh, they're, they're saying that they're going to feature food and fashion and concerts and parties. And, you know, Kentucky Derby is one day a year. And you can take that pageantry of the Kentucky Derby and now put it over, you know, six-month period or that. And it's going to be interesting how it plays out. And it'll be interesting to see if maybe they'll expand it into the Canadian racing market. And then we can take a road trip together and follow it. No, not in Canada. We'll go to the States. (laughs) Okay, sounds good to me. (laughs) Sounds good to me. You are the best. And that is, in case you missed it on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. We are so pleased to be joined today by retired Hall of Fame and champion jockey Ramon Dominguez, who seems to be busier now than at the height of his career. And he has several irons in the fire, maybe we should say crops in the fire. <laughs> Let's talk to Ramon now. He is in Saratoga right now, joins us on Ponies 24-7. Welcome to the show, Ramon. Hello, thank you for having me. I just wanted to get your opinion. Talk about the recent Kentucky Derby and the Preakness and particular the winning jockeys. How did it feel seeing Javier win the Derby and uh, Johnny finally win the race that continued to elude him, the Preakness? Well, that was uh, amazing. Starting with Javier, who's like a brother, we both come from Venezuela, and this was um, somewhat of a surprise. Certainly, it was open race, uh, but turning for home, I had lost him in the back stretch, and I'm kind of looking at the horse that actually made the lead turning for home. And then all of a sudden I hear now the horse's name Mage. And I said, wait, he said, oh my gosh, he's going to win. So I, it really got emotional to me too, because I know where he started. I know all he has gone through, good and bad in his career. So to achieve uh, the ultimate goal, to win the Kentucky Derby, it was uh, beyond amazing. And then we go to the Preakness, and obviously I was rooting for, for Javier. I mean, would love to see his horse uh, win the Triple Crown any year. Um, but then uh, Johnny, who is another amazing, great friend, and uh, although he has accomplished and has done it all in the sport, um, as you said, Larry, he had not won the Preakness, and now uh, he won it. Incredible. And it's something funny with Johnny because... For quite some time, Johnny is actually start, uh, exactly five years older than me. So he's 51 right now. And people have been saying, well, his best years are behind, which is so far from the truth because he's still riding extremely well. Not only riding well, but still accomplishing so much and winning these big races. So it was so cool to see him at this uh, race that was the only one really missing to his resume. Ramon, did it bring back memories for you of your victories? Maybe in the beginning, right after my retirement, uh, I would have kind of think about me being on the island and what would have that I, I have done in that situation or it would have been uh, easier to relieve that moment as if I was riding the horse. But right now I was just sincerely, extremely excited about their accomplishments because I know them, as I said, from, from the, ta- the time that they got started here in the U.S. So uh, it was very gratifying for me to see close friends accomplish something so big. I think the last time you were on the show with us, Ramon, we were talking about uh, your uh, Spanish YouTube uh, show, uh, horse racing show called Exacta Box. Yeah, so Exacta Box, unfortunately, uh, came to an end. And I say unfortunately because it's something that uh, myself, as well as my uh, business partner, Jose Francisco Rivera, enjoy very much. We were very proud of the product and the content that we were creating. Unfortunately, things uh, had to come to an end, and he uh, started a position with uh, actually ESPN 
deported, so and I am busy as well. Um, at the same time, there's still that void of uh, something to be done or something to be created uh, to provide content to the Spanish-speaking audience. So it was great because it was beyond just uh, handicapping a race. It was sort of telling the behind-the-story journey of many of the professionals from grooms to exercise riders and jockeys and so on. So that was something that we uh, very much enjoyed. And um, now um, we, we're both busy, and I, and I have continued to work with the riding crowd, the 360 GT that I created a few years ago, and um, that has become sort of the household because, um, uh, at least in the United States, it is mandatory that people have to ride with that. And you were the inventor of this, the creator of the 360 GT riding crop. What motivated you to, to create this, and what were the reasons for it? This was uh, quite some time ago, um, I want to say around 2007, perhaps, uh, where in that era, um, the riding crop or the whip that had the, the popper and the popper, for those who are listening and don't really follow, whether follow racing or know more, too much about the whips or the riding crops, is the area that, has, that makes a contact with the horse. Um, they evolved and they created something that was two pieces of material that are sewn together and um, with the aim of uh, diminishing the impact. And although I saw that it was something positive, at the same time I realized that this uh, edge that was created by the area where it was sewn um, could harm the horse. So I got to thinking about it and uh, while I was riding actually at Delaware Park at the time, and I thought about if it was something cylindrical that wouldn't have any edges. So. With that, I actually, my first prototype was an uh, inner tube for a bicycle tire. Wow. And uh, I filled it up with uh, insulation for piping that we use in the winter month here in the basements. And yeah, and the goal was uh, just to protect the horse uh, upon impact. So effective, but it doesn't hurt the horse. Correct, yes. And it actually makes noise when you tap the horse with this or when you actually hit the horse because it is foam. It's sort of those flip-flops that people use to sometimes maybe go to the beach or to the pool, uh, that maybe if you hit yourself with that on the leg, it really doesn't hurt, but it makes noise. And it's great that it makes noise because that is just another way that we incentivize our mouths to move forward or to pay attention. So um, it is a win-win. So are you happy with the response you've got for the riding crop from uh, the rest of the industry? I, I am, yes, and equally happy with uh, the response that I have been getting from, again, those equestrian disciplines where there are so many riders that do, whether it is show jumping or eventing or um, that use the same type of riding crop, perhaps a little bit shorter, and we can manufacture them depending on the need of the rider. So, yes, it's something that I see that is making a positive impact in many different uh, equestrian disciplines. Ramon, never one to rest on your laurels. You are making a difference everywhere you go. I understand that you've become recently involved with the Horse Racing Integrity Safety Alliance. Why? What is it and why are you involved? So, yes, I did some work with them uh, actually as a consultant for a few months. Um, right now, I'm really no uh, engaged, at least not actively. Uh, always, uh, of course, uh, willing to, to help in any capacity. And I am. Um, this is uh, one of these uh, new ideas that has created a lot of uh, 
controversy and people have been talking great and have been talking bad. It's really one of those polarized subjects. Um, I personally feel like um, this is something that we have been needing uh, for a long, long time. And when I say we have been needing, I'm talking about the uniformity um, to have something that basically covers the whole uh, sport. We have it in any other major sport, whether it is baseball or basketball. And um, when I had the opportunity to go out of the U.S., uh, mainly like Japan and Hong Kong, it was great to see how this uniformity worked, regardless of what racetrack you went in Japan. It was one set of rules for the jockeys, one set of rules for medication. So um, our industry has been so fragmented and with so many rules, but at the same time rules that vary greatly from state to state. So I think that the idea, it is something that is no negotiable anymore. This is something that we must have. Um, at the same time, there are some growing pains because the way this was created, it was sort of a, out of nowhere. Here we are, and they are just kind of implementing the rules because they had to. This was created at a federal level, but at the same time, they um, have been modifying whenever needed certain rules, um, but doing it the right way, doing it after they have had the research and, and the feedback from the people in the sport. So uh, one of the negative things that people say is, that, well, this is people who knows nothing about racing, and uh, that is not true because basically people like myself or some of the board members have been part of racing their whole life. So certainly there is a lot of experience behind uh, putting into place these uh, rules for uh, medication as well as for rules for uh, safety for horse racing through HISA. The biggest problem is that horse racing has been too fragmented, both you know standard bread and thoroughbred. There's just been too many ideas, too many opinions, too many different initiatives in that. But the, the common goal is to have safe racing and clean racing, correct? That's absolutely right. And, and Larry, not only you're absolutely right in, in, with regards of too many ideas and too many rules, but at the same time, quite the opposite applies where it's equally uh, a big problem or perhaps even bigger, which is that not enough ideas and sometimes the decision makers who are people um, in their later years that have been part of racing their whole life and anytime that a new idea comes up um hey we need we need to do this to evolve we need to do this to attract a new uh generation of uh people who will be fans of racing quickly and this bothers me so much when they tell you well this is the way racing has been running for a century or for two centuries i'm like no but that that's not the way it should be working today so certainly we should remain open to uh, fresh ideas. Ramon, why do you remain in the horse racing industry or in a, in a different capacity? I understand that you're also the president of the New York Racetrack Chaplaincy of America. Why do you stay so involved? It is a passion that really goes from being a passion to becoming a, an obsession. At least it was for me when it comes to riding horses. And although I'm not on top of the horse anymore, and this may sound a little cliche, but uh, I really have like racing in my blood by now where <laughs> I absolutely love the sport. Um, and I also, I'm not naive. I see the areas where we need to work to make it better because there is this uh, false sense of uh, comfort where, oh, the racing is going to be fine. I feel like if we don't make some changes, 
And again, that's why an organization like HISA could be so instrumental in such uh, changes. Uh, the future of the sport, uh, in some ways, is concerning. So I absolutely love the sport, and I put my money where my mouth is, so to speak, <laughs> because, I mean, most recently I have a, actually purchased a piece of a few racehorses, um, something that people don't know, but uh, I like the sport that much. So, yeah, it's something that when you get to really know the dynamics of the sport and how awesome it is in the competitive aspect where you, when you keep it clean, there is nothing, uh, in my opinion, nothing gives you a rush, as big of a rush as uh, watching a good race. And especially when you're involved, whether it is as an owner or as a fan or as a jockey, of course, that would be incredible. But uh, yes, I, I absolutely love, love uh, the sport. Well, before we let you go, I have to ask you. I, I, I was on Facebook the other day, and I saw you there, and, and you're running. Yeah. Like, like, what's that all about? That you, now you're a runner. Oh my gosh! So <laughs> that is a, that. That probably will require another segment with you guys because I can talk about that with a big smile on my face. So yes, after my retirement, I um always while I was riding, a lot of the jockeys will run a little bit to lose weight. Um, but I decided to run a race and I actually ended up doing well and continued training. And we moved to Saratoga five years ago and there's a guy who has been coaching me. And I have been doing very, very well on these road races, mainly like 5Ks. Um, but it's something that in some ways sort of replaces the uh, riding a race because it's sort of like uh, you are the horse and now you have to also pace yourself. And then when you feel like you're empty and you're like, you know what, I know I have more in me and it's so, so cool. I'm actually going to be running a duathlon. Uh, I will be doing one of the legs on on Sunday, this Sunday. Uh, I A friend who is uh, 60 years old and he's an amazing runner himself, uh, he's going to run the first 5K, and then a friend is going to be, I think it's like 20 miles on a bike, and I will be closing the last 5K. So it's something that I absolutely love training, and it's sort of my escape mentally and physically. I know that I'm a uh, doing something good for my body as well. I'm going to do the 20K in my car. How's that? <laughs> That's horsepower, baby. Horsepower. <laughs> Ramon, you are a force. You are truly are a force to be reckoned with. Dedicated runner, retired and very thoughtful champion jockey, Ramon Dominguez, still passionate about horse racing. Thank you so much for joining us on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Thank you for having me, guys. When we come back, new kid on the Woodbine Block jockey, Ryan Munger, joins us today on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Follow us on Twitter at 1059theregion. We'll be right back. Enjoy the thrill of the race anytime with HPIBet.com, the number one betting site for experienced horse players. Join for free and watch and wager when you can't bet at the track. Stream live racing from over 500 tracks from around the world. Bet with ease from anywhere. It's safe and secure. Sign up today and get one month free live race streaming. Plus, for a limited time, get a $100 bonus and your first bet is on us. Go to HPIBet.com to join for free today. Pineview Hyundai, the smart choice of automobile dealerships, combining horses and horsepower. For over 35 years, the Romeo family has been a part of the Ontario thoroughbred racing industry, and they want to invite you to their Pineview dealership to view their award-winning Hyundai lineup today, as the Hyundai Advantage sales event is on now. 
Come see us at 3790 Highway 7 in Vaughan. Call us at 905-851-2851 to make an appointment or visit our website, pineviewauto.com, and see why Pineview Hyundai remains the smart choice. Ontario Racing, the excitement of thoroughbred, standardbred, and quarter horse racing at 15 racetracks. We are the voice of the Ontario horse racing industry, and we direct breed improvement programs, set annual race dates, and work on attracting new horse owners and race fans. Ontario Racing is committed to supporting a vibrant industry with one vision, working together for a stronger horse racing community. To get your horsepower, go to OntarioRacing.com and experience the excitement. Ontario Racing, three breeds, one vision. This is 1059 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Soon to be friend of the show, Woodbine jockey Ryan Munger joins us right now. The native of South Africa recently moved his tack to the Rexdale track after some very successful years riding in both South Africa and Singapore. Also, a career to date that included being the leading rider in 2017 and 2018 at the Zimbabwe racetrack. Now, this is so cool, Ryan is set to conquer one of the most competitive riders Riding colonies in North America, Woodbine. Ryan, welcome to the show. What a pleasure to have you with us. You're what we call a first-timer. Yay. Well, thank you. Thank you very much for having me on the show. It's an absolute pleasure. And yeah, um, it's a very different side of racing here. Very different, but I'm getting accustomed to it, and it's been a great start so far. So talk about how you made the decision to move to Woodbine, and how did you hear about Woodbine initially? Well, it was actually pretty simple. Um, so I was raced. I went to Singapore for a stint in 2020, and um, I actually enjoyed my international trip. And I said, you know, I want to go somewhere else. Doing my research through it, and you know, my my father's Canadian. And I said, let me search how racing is in Canada. And um, obviously, I found I've I've known about Woodbine, and I did some more research into it. And the the racing brand in Woodbine was a great offer. And I said, let me take a chance and you know, it's been a good start, and hopefully the rest will be history. <laughs> you mentioned that there are differences. So why is Woodbine different? What are those differences? The work alone in the mornings in general, very different to back in South Africa. Um, the racing, like where I'm used to racing, there's handicaps, how they race horses in different handicap races and class races. Where here it's claiming and um, allowance races. So it's, it's different setup like that. I'm getting used to that, but I'm enjoying it so far. At least the, the track I've taken to very well. And that's the main thing. You know, horses are running well at the moment, and that's the most important part. And obviously, Woodbine having two turf courses had to be an attraction to you as well, right? Yeah, exactly. I've had um, quite a good rep on the, the turf courses in Singapore, South Africa. So I haven't ridden on the turf course yet, yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. And hopefully, this weekend will be a great start to that. But even when I'm going up for the races, you look at that turf course and it gets you excited. It looks like such a nice track to race on. You bring with you a, such an illustrious background and, and such uh, incredible victories, and you're still very young. What are your hopes and dreams when it comes to Woodbine this season? At the end of the day, whatever I achieve this season, my goal for next season will be to improve on it. So obviously I've got a lot of hopes and dreams and aspirations, but I've also got to be realistic. So 
I kind of take it, you know, I keep my eyes on in what's in front of me and my eyes are basically on get the best out of the horses, get the best results I can. That's when the world's my oyster and I'll try to pick up everything from there, you know. But so far, like I said, I'm really chuffed with the start. I've been really, really fortunate. And if I can keep picking it up and improving every season, look, you know, there's, there's a lot of high hopes here. Well, talk about yourself and, and growing up and the steps to where you became a jockey. And, and I guess the question was, did you always want to be a jockey or was there something else that you maybe could see yourself as a career path? You know, I wouldn't say I always wanted to be a jockey, I was, but I always wanted to be a sportsman of some kind. And, um, but from about the age of 12, 13, when I realized, hey, I'm not, I'm not growing up to be a, a basketball player, I better use my size <laughs> advantage, I decided, let me go, let me try my luck at being a jockey. Um, my family is in the industry. My uncle is a very successful jockey in South Africa and Mauritius, and he rode in Dubai. So, so yeah, I decided to follow in his footsteps. He's been a, he's been a very great instrumental help in getting me here and I went to the jockey school in South Africa and the rest is history you know things just went on from strength to strength and just a positive attitude and I've kept I, I, I'll never look back you know you know what they say once that racing bug bites you you can't get out of it you know and I really do love my job. And was there a particular race that solidified your decision where you said to yourself you know what this is the right career choice for me? In South Africa, the biggest race there is the Durban July, and um, everyone knows that, that race. It's like the, the Queen's Plate of Canada, you know? So you, you see the guys winning that sort of race, and you're like, no, this is what I want to do. It gets you excited and motivated, and that's kind of where the, where the bug bit for me, you know? One of the questions I always wanted to ask riders was, is there a difference? Obviously, the biggest difference in, in European racing in that is the way the horses are running, the, the, the clockwise or counterclockwise, right? Is, is, is that an adjustment for you if you go from, you know, a North American track to, you know, a European track or a South African track or that? No, not at all, actually. Um, in, in South Africa, we did have one racetrack called Kenilworth. They go counterclockwise, same as here. And also in Singapore, when I rode in Singapore in 2020, the track was exactly the same, also counterclockwise, very similar to Peter track. So adjusting to these tracks was just, it's basically like a duck taking to water, you know, just mm. smooth. It was basically just, I knew exactly what to do. And can the same be said about a horse? Uh, do they adjust to the, the change in direction counterclockwise or clockwise? You know, it obviously depends on your animal. Um, there's a famous saying, they always use horses for courses. So it, it that's, that's more like a debate question than a question I would know the answer to. But, um, you know, the good ones seem to do it, that they, they take whatever track. But, yeah, it just, it, I, I say it depends on the horse you ride on the day. Yeah. And you came here with your wife, Kelsey, and she's also a horse person, correct? Talk about her. Yes. Um, her father was a, is a trainer in South Africa. And, um, yeah, she's been galloping horses the last few years she's ridden in races she's actually won two races so so yeah she's she's very experienced in the racing industry she's been doing it from the time she was born basically she's been in racing and that's actually how we met through racing you know and what was it that drew the two of you together i mean you meet a lot of people and she would meet a lot of people was it love at first bit yeah, I can kind of say that. <laughs> I, would say, I would say that um, from the young age, we started dating and 
we've been together ever since. So, but I must say, both being involved in the horse racing industry, we've got a lot in common. So, that it, it's basically that's how it's been, you know. Does she say something to you before every race? Nah, she'll she'll basically just say, "I love you. You're the best. Go do it." <laughs> you know, the the usual positive, motivating wife wife thing so she is very good to me she's my biggest supporter and um yeah i'm very grateful to have her by my side without her i don't know i don't know how life would be is she going to get more involved in the business i i understand she's got to get her canadian citizenship right so is she going to get more involved once that happens yeah um obviously it's a bit of a process but once she gets her canadian citizenship and pr and she's allowed to work then yeah, there's going to be, I'm, I'm sure there'll be jobs for her. She's, she's very, she's looking forward to coming to work at the track and I'm sure she'll enjoy the work at the track. You know, the way it's all set up and the trainers here have been very good. You know, they're good people. So, so yeah, she's really looking forward to it, but it's obviously a case of we're going to do things the right way. Don't rush anything. And once all the paperwork and everything's in, then we A for away and we set to go. So, Ryan, a, a big feature race, of course. I mean, it's the, the big, big deal, the, the jewel in the crown when it comes to Woodbine. It's the King's Plate this year. What are your thoughts about it, and are you anxious and, and hoping and wanting and, and training to be a part of it? Well, yeah, if I can get a ride in the King's Plate, that'll, that'll be my year made. You know, that'll be very exciting. And um, like I said, that's the pinnacle of Canadian racing, the King's Plate, so... I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm really hoping to get a ride on the day. Like I said, things have started off good and it could be a possibility. So holding thumbs. But even if it doesn't happen like that, just to be part of a day like that and just see what it's like on Canada's biggest race day, it's it's quite an exciting thing, you know. So, so it's just, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Well, on that uh, topic of securing mounts, like, uh, when you go door to do- door from barn to barn uh, to see the trainers and that, introduce yourself and that, what's it say on your calling card? <laughs> Good question, Larry. <laughs> yeah, so just the usual, I'm, I'm quite a friendly person, so I'll go to a barn, into, like I say, introduce myself, see how, the, how everyone's going, and then, yeah, um, so it's, it's hard to put it in a way, but I'm, I'm quite a confident person. I back myself, so... You know, if a trainer has to ask me, if, if, if anyone had to ask me, if you ever had to put a jockey on and you know this horse has to win for your life, who would you put on? I'd say put myself on. I always, I'm a confident person. I back myself, whether it's surf, the pizza track, whatever. I'll always back myself. And um, so, yeah, so if I, if, if I have to sell myself to a trainer, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll kind of put the bait out there. I'll say, this is what I I'm av- this is what I offer. This is what I can put to the table. And then I let them make the final decision. You know, I'm not a, I'm not a very intrusive forward person in another, in another way, you know. You had me at hello, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> One of the big stumbling blocks when, when riders come to Woodbine is they're not used to riding on the tapita surface here. Um, that's yeah. not going to be a stumbling block for you, is it? Because you had uh, an introduction to a, a similar surface, correct? Talk about that. Yeah, so um, in Singapore, they call it a poly track. Yeah. But in South Africa, we've got poly tracks, and it's not the same as Singapore's track. Singapore's track is more of a tapita. So it's a, it's a fast track, and once I went onto this track, I said, no, I, I know what to do on the track like this. It's, momentum is very critical, especially just before the, the final stretch. So 
Yeah, and luckily, uh, like I said, my first ride, I knew how to peel the horse out into the right spot, take the right gaps at the right time, and you know, it, it's I'm just grateful for how it worked out. That's that's the most important thing. You are amazing. And I just want to thank you so much for being a part of the show. Woodbine jockey Ryan Munger, an amazing career, fantastic career so far. Only 27 years old. The best is yet to come. Please say hello to your incredible other half, Kelsey, and thank you for being a part of Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. It was a thrill. No, thank you, guys. Thank you so much for having me. I really do appreciate it. All this publicity is so great. So <laughs> thank you. I, it's, it's been wonderful. And good luck this year. No, thank you so much, guys. And um, yeah, like I said, I really appreciate, I really appreciate this. And you know, if you ever need me on again, I'm more than happy to. We will be watching yeah. and probably betting on you and all of those other things. You're, and, you're, and you'll be back. <laughs> or as Arnold would say, you'll all be back. You'll. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Ryan Munger. Awesome. No, thank you so much, guys, and have a great day. After the break, when we come back, Chad Rosema of Grand River Raceway joins us on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. Live Harness Racing continues at the Meadowlands every Friday and Saturday evening with a post time of 6.20 p.m. The Meadowlands Championship Meet is highlighted by the Meadowlands Pace on July 15th. And on Saturday, August 5th, it's the famed $1 million Hambletonian, headlining an exceptional day of stakes events with a special post time of 12 noon. Watch and wager on all of the big games exciting harness racing through your HPI Bet account and Dark Horse app and be part of the Meadowlands Racing Experience. Enjoy the thrill of the race anytime with HPIBet.com, the number one betting site for experienced horse players. Join for free and watch and wager when you can't bet at the track. Stream live racing from over 500 tracks from around the world. Bet with ease from anywhere. It's safe and secure. Sign up today and get one month free live race streaming. Plus, for a limited time, get a $100 bonus and your first bet is on us. Go to HPIBet.com to join for free today. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Recent friend of the show, Grand River's Chad Rosema, joins us today. Next Friday, the Allura Standard Red Track opens for business for the 2023 racing season, a season that will actually be Chad's first as the track's raceway manager. Chad, great to have you back on the show. Are you excited? It's several sleeps to go until the big day. You know what? The countdown has been on for a while uh, for me. I mean, I, I've, I've been in my new role for a couple of months. It's been a lot of planning and just kind of learning the ropes, getting used to the facility and, and everybody there and, and just gearing up. But I want my hands on the racing. I want the racing to start. So it's almost there. It's within reach. <laughs> so was it like uh, a kid waiting for Santa Claus to come for like opening night for you? <laughs> it, it is similar to that. I mean, I know as a kid, I had sleepless nights waiting for Santa to come. I, I don't know that it's going to quite be that. I think I'm too old to go any sleepless nights. I'm going to need my rest. But yeah, no, we're, we're just all, everybody there. The, the, the momentum and, and everybody's so excited. And then of course, with the, you know, the addition uh, of the announcement that we're, we're definitely going to have at the 5 mile track expansion just makes things even that much more 
exciting. Yeah, what's been the reaction to that announcement? Everything I've been hearing has been positive, and and uh, and for good reason. It's it, it, it's a great move. Um, it's going to create better racing as it'll attract some better horses. Hopefully, down the road, it means possibly more dates. Uh, It's a big commitment from Ontario Racing, which makes us all feel so great, too, about how they obviously perceive us. Uh, It's just, I I think it's great news for everybody, all the horse players, the horse people, uh, the fans. It's going to be great. I can't wait for 2024. I'm excited for 2023, (laughs) obviously, it's my first season, but I can't wait to get to 2024 because of the new track. So what are the advantages, do you think, to the, the larger track? Like, I know there, there's some because it's, you know, probably from a betting standpoint, right? And I, I think the fans maybe like betting more for because they consider it fairer racing on a 5.8 com- compared to a half mile, right? You know, half mile racing, as we know, it's the grassroots, and, and that's what I grew up on. And, you know, uh, for the past, this is our 20th season we're gearing up for at Grand River. So uh, for the previous 19, things have gone very well, of course, with the half mile track. But... A five eighths, just with kind of the you know the the bigger turns, um, you know again it allows some better horses to come there. You're going to see some quicker times, and better horses translates to hopefully uh, you know a better product overall. Uh, you know more stakes races, which then in turn you know hopefully is going to attract you know the uh, the top drivers around, the top trainers, and. It just means that now we've got more competitive fields and, and people want to bet on that and, and more, you know, fuller fields. And it, it just, all in all, it should make the product uh, that much better. Tell me what you've been doing over the past few months as you've been getting used to your new role and, and what's been the reaction from people around you, both the, the other staff members, but also the fans who are champing at the bit. Yeah, so it's been great for me because uh, it's a new challenge. So I'm excited about that. And, you know, for, for the last couple of months, it's because it's a new challenge and this is all new to me. It's been a lot of learning. I'm learning more and more every day and, and just the other side of things and things that I didn't even, you know, realize were, were, you know, a part of it, or, I mean, I, I just never thought of it being in the role that I was being, you know, in front of the camera. So it's been a lot of planning obviously, and just making sure everything's in place. Now, the good news is, I came into a fantastic situation. Jamie Martin, obviously, everything ran like a well-oiled machine there. Grand River's got such a great reputation as a fantastic workplace that, you know, almost everybody that was there previously and for the past several years is coming back. So from an employee standpoint, we're we're good. Uh, Everybody knows their responsibility and what's going on. And um, for me, too, it's been fun because... I've been able to, I love interacting with the fans and, and that, and we have a sports book. So there's quite a few that come through there on a daily basis and just running into people that I maybe haven't seen in years that maybe are more from my neck of the woods, you know, around this area. And, and it's been fun to see them. Some of them that know me from when I was just a well, little kid that had those sleepless nights waiting for Santa to come. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are racing Monday, Wednesday and, and Fridays from June the 2nd to September 27th, right? Yeah, this this Friday uh, coming up, the June second is going to be opening night, and and we're excited about that because uh, you know people that are coming out onto onto the track to celebrate, or, you know, kicking off our twentieth season. We've got uh, some some you know special little treats and stuff, uh, you know, for for fans there, and uh, it looks right now like the weather is going to be fantastic. But yeah, we're Monday, Wednesday, Fridays throughout the year. There's you know later in the season we've got the odd 
odd day where we don't go uh, 6.30 post time every night for the exception, of course, of our signature day, industry day on the Civic Long Weekend. That's, of course, a, a noon post time. So I want to talk about your past, but also your present. You were simulcast co-host, racing analyst, and fill-in standard bread announcer at Woodbine Entertainment. Now you are the track manager for, for Grand River. What's the difference? How do you go from one to the other, and what do you miss, and what do you take from your old job to put toward your new job? Well, well first off, I'll start with what I take from my old job into the new job, and I think that's um, the relationship building. You know, I always made a strong point to, to build relationships, um, you know, with, with so many different people, whether that's a, a horse player, a fan, uh, a horse person, uh, track management, and all of that is becoming useful because I, you know, I need to reach out to so many different outlets is what I'm finding right now. And I kind of knew that would be the case. So that just helps those conversations that much better. It just helps things, uh, you know, advance or, or, or get things done. And also, you know, knowing the wagering side of things, uh, you know, as a, a, a previous horse player myself, and then of course being on TV, we had to have a strong knowledge of that. So that's something that, you know, was big into the racetrack management. But as far as managing people, uh, you know, that's that's been something new to me, and I'm still going to continue to learn with that. You know, I, I prefer to, you know, just kind of have a great relationship with everybody. I mean, I, I like to think I'm an easy guy to get along mm-hmm. with, and, and I hope everybody else, uh, you know, kind of feels that. So it's what I'm feeling there already is just it's it's one big family. And I, I had that at, at WEG as well. And, and, you know, when you talk about things I miss, it's, it's not so much I miss being in front of the camera or calling a race or whatever it may be, but it's, you know, the people that I worked with for all those years and, uh, you know, the, the, the people that were there at the racetrack on a nightly basis. So that's another reason why I'm excited for us to get going, because I know a lot of those people are going to be back out to the races and, and I'll be able to sit there and, and mingle with them throughout the night. You alluded earlier to Industry Day, which actually got its start, I remember, at, uh, at Elmira. Yep. Uh, talk about the history of the day and what people can expect to see this year, and why is it the highlight of the uh, Grand River season, season now? When Industry Day uh, launched back in, I think it was 1990, um, I think it was my <laughs> first year, I was ten, 10 years old, I think it was my first year at Elmira. Um, yeah, it's, you know, it's... It's just bringing everybody together, uh, you know, these small towns, uh, you know, Elmira, where originally it, it started now nearby Alora, these small towns, these great communities, they all kind of rally around each other. And, you know, you get industry participants that, uh, you know, either come out or, uh, you know, participate in the event, uh, you know, with, with uh, from a bunch of different avenues. And, and it's just a, a, a great day on, on the holiday Monday where, so many people just come out to the track. Most times you've got great weather, pretty hot, but it's, <laughs> it's great weather. It's just a, a great day out at the racetrack. And then on top of it, they introduced, um, you know, the Battle of Waterloo and the Battle of the Bells, which have become the signature race event. So it's just made a, a great day, you know, that much better. And why does Industry Day then attract so many people and so many fans and so many participants? Well, I think the time of year. And, you know, being, being a nice summer day, it's a holiday, of course, um, you know, not one that's necessarily observed by absolutely everyone, but a lot of us, uh, you know, here, here in Ontario. And I've just always found afternoon racing in the summer, it, it just naturally attracts crowds. 
Um, and, you know, so you already have that. Then you add uh, that we've got, you know, our best program of the entire year as far as racing. Then there's always, you know, whether there's giveaways or prizes and, you know, things of that nature. And it just gets everybody out and, you know, somebody looking for something to do on, on a long weekend. And, and that's the place to be. And besides industry day, you've got some other special event days, right? Talk a little bit about them. Yeah. So opening night, of course, you know, we're just excited for that. Um, you know, we're going to have a, a, a pumped up wagering menu this season. I've added a, a second pick five and a second pick three, which offer a low takeout. So, you know, that's, that's fun for the horse players and attractive for them. And, and then we're, you know, we've got some, uh, you know, a, a, a local baker, Paulus pastries out of Fergus is, you know, providing uh, some, you know, 20th celebration cookies. That'll be going to the first 150 fans to the track, uh, you know, on opening night, uh, you know, there's, there's a, a free, um, you know, commemorative Stein giveaway as well. If you purchase our opening night uh, meal combo, which I believe is a smash burger in made in house smash burger, by the way, which Ooh, is fantastic. Perfect. <laughs> um, oh, and these kettle chips that they make there too. Oh my these God. Guys, <laughs> yeah, Stop it. We're seriously <laughs> worth the trip, but, uh, that's just opening night, but then, you know, at the end of the month, June 30th is when we're going to have our Canada Day celebration. I don't know all the details, what's going on. We've got such a great event team. They always put on such great stuff, but red and white, come on out and, and uh, you know, be, be proud of, um, you know, of, of Canada and celebrate that. And then July 14th, this is our wiener dog race night. <laughs> this obviously will be my first foray into that, but from what I've heard, these are legendary, and I mean... These crowds are are as big as we see on Industry Day, and and it is it is uh, just an amazing night with the Wiener Dog races. So I'm excited for that. So that's July 14th, and of course August 7th, the Industry Day. August 18th is Harness the Hope. That's a uh, dress in pink. It's a great fundraiser, um, you know, for for uh, in support of breast cancer. Uh, so that that'll be a lot of fun. And then September 6th, uh, it's National Caretakers appreciation week and our track on september 6th will be hosting our uh, national caretaker appreciation day there so a a lot of great events kind of scattered throughout our four-month season what's your website by the way people who want to find out when and where and why i think what you've just said is so enticing yeah so we've got a great social game we've got a great team putting together our social stuff so you can check out you know us on twitter and uh instagram and facebook but as far as the website grandriverraceway.com and uh, we've got everything on there that that you need to know and um a lot of great links there into all of our major events well before we let you go chad i I just wanted to uh, go back to the build out which we kind of started this interview with and you know, going yep. from that the half mile and and the uh, to the five eighths mile, what's the steps uh, to actual completion? Like, where are where are you guys now, and where are you going to be in three months, four months? Are there steps in place yet? Yeah, no, everything everything's in place. So I think it's this discussion started um, you know a few years back. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was supposed to be already. It actually it should have already been unveiled, but. You know, things during COVID, uh, things exploded cost-wise. Uh, you know, a, a, a multi-million-dollar project like this, you know, it got that much more expensive, and so it was something that just needed to be kind of, you know, hit the pause button. But now, you know, full support, which we've had all along from Ontario Racing uh, and our board, uh, you know, the Grand River Agricultural Society, to go forward with this. So 
mid-August, I think August 14th is the target date, uh, even though that's during our season. It won't interrupt our season because they're going to just start some kind of, you know, basic site plan stuff on the outer portion of the track. And then as soon as we're done at the end of September, I mean, they, they'll start digging things up and, you know, moving out the two turns, moving, you know, back the back stretch, And then throughout the winter, it's going to be more of the electrical components, you know, because we've got new LED lighting that's coming. We've got some new timing boxes, uh, you know, for, for our timing system. And, and then uh, completion date is expected to be uh, sometime in April next year. And, you know, which gives us uh, enough time, obviously, to get going for our season uh, next June 2024. Well, we are excited here at uh, Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. By the way, July 14th, the Wiener Dog races. But I think we really need to remind folks that <laughs> Friday, June 2nd is Grand River's open uh, open season, open for business, and it's standard bred racing. That's really the important thing. Sounds fantastic. Thank you, Chad Rosema, for joining us on the show. It was such a pleasure. Always love joining you guys, and I appreciate it. And I hope you guys have uh, the the best of weekends, and and hopefully we see you at Grand River very, very soon. Sounds good. I'm in. (laughs) After the break, Larry Simpson looks at some racing action today around North America, including Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, and, of course, some racing at several other North American tracks. So make sure your HPI accounts and Dark Horse app are ready to work overtime today. Stay with us for Larry's Ponies Picks of the Day, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. Discover a new breed of excitement with Live Horse Racing. Ontario Racing represents 15 racetracks where you can experience the excitement of thoroughbred, standard bred, and quarter horse racing. To find the racetrack nearest you, go to ontarioracing.com. New to betting? Check out our Betting 101 page and learn about the HPI Bet Wagering platform and the Dark Horse app the best and safest online betting options. Get your horsepower at OntarioRacing.com and experience the excitement. Ontario Racing. Three breeds, one vision. The Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association of Ontario, the HBPA, has represented thoroughbred owners and trainers at Woodbine and Fort Erie racetracks since 1950. The HBPA promotes the exchange of ideas to further advance, market, and preserve live racing in Ontario while offering new thoroughbred ownership opportunities. Membership to the HBPA is free for owners and trainers. For more information on the HBPA of Ontario, please visit our website at hbpa.on.ca. Pineview Hyundai, the smart choice of automobile dealerships, combining horses and horsepower. For over 35 years, the Romeo family has been a part of the Ontario thoroughbred racing industry, and they want to invite you to their Pineview dealership to view their award-winning Hyundai lineup today, as the Hyundai Advantage sales event is on now. Come see us at 3790 Highway 7 in Vaughan. Call us at 905-851-2851 to make an appointment or visit our website, pineviewauto.com, and see why Pineview Hyundai remains the smart choice. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine. Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson. 
before we wrap up our show, of course, of What Would Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine be without a couple of possible betting opportunities and potential betting gems as Lucky Larry gives us his ponies picks of the day. Sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing, Larry, I hand the reins over to you. Oh, I like that. Another pun. <laughs> <laughs> Let's have some fun. Let's. Okay, Woodbine has a nine race card today, and race seven is five furlongs on the Tapita surface. It's uh, for $25,000 claimers, fillies and mares, three-year-olds and up, purse of $54,500. It's a full field of 11 have been entered. Number seven, Takoda, makes her second start of the year. And why I mention this point is because last season, Takoda won her second start of the year. She won three of nine starts last year, is five of 13 at the distance, and we see a change in jockeys today to Justin Stein. He's had had a little rough luck uh, getting off uh, out of the gate this year, so I think today could see his luck change. Since uh, Dakota's first start of the year, she has worked two back-to-back five furlong works, and we like that. And there is also a slight drop in class today, so Woodbine race seven, number seven, Dakota. Santa Anita has a nine race card today in race four, is a $25,000 claimer, four-year-olds and up, six and a half furlongs on the turf, purse of $36,000. It's a compact field of six signed up here, including number one, Candorel, who looked on paper much the best in his last start on March 31st, but this guy stumbled badly at the start, got away last, but once he got straightened away, he closed with a big rush to finish a closing second. This horse probably would have won that last race easily had he not stumbled and got away last. That race was at five and a half furlongs on the turf. Today, Candorel gets an extra furlong to work with. And since that last race on March 31st, he's worked three times, including a five furlong work on May 21st. And this former stakes winner is two for five at the distance. Race four, Santa Anita, number one, Candorel. Woodbine Mohawk Park has a 10 race card tonight. And I'm going to race number three, which is a one mile pace for a purse of $18,000. Nine horses have been entered, and I'm leaning to number six, Joker on Jack, who had absolutely no shot in last week's SBOA stakes event, which saw Joker on Jack leave from the outside 10 post and pretty much trail throughout and finish 10th. The week before, and in tonight's class, Joker on Jack was bet down to heavy favoritism and could only manage a close fourth place finish. His first start of the year, three back, was a super effort where he finished a close second, timed in 151-2. and two. Joker on Jack was an Ontario Sire Stakes winner last year, and with only light, 10 lifetime starts, he still has some upside to go. Woodbine Mohawk Park, race three, number six, Joker on Jack. And finally, the Meadowlands, they host a 13 race card tonight, and race 11, one mile trot for a purse of $15,000. Number one, dribbling by, has been making all the moves except for finishing first in his last two races. Two starts back, and despite 37-1 odds at a higher trotting class, this horse, Dribbling Dive, made a first-up move and was actually sitting second, turning for home, only to run out of gas in the stretch and finish fifth. Last week, Dribbling by dropped down a further class, but unfortunately drew the nine-hole and again made a first-up move, and having the lead at the half and the three-quarter pole, only to fade to seventh at the end. Today, we see the major drop, racing for the same $15,000 purse tonight, as he did the last time he was in this class back on April 7th. So the Meadowlands, race 11, number one, dribbling by. 
Larry, you are a winner in my books. Thank you for all you do. And a big shout out to Mark at Fans of Horse Racing. Hey, Mark, thank you all for joining us for this edition of Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Just a little reminder, if you would like to receive a free digital copy of the current issue of Ponies 24-7 magazine, and a new one will be released shortly, please email Larry Simpson at theponies247experience at gmail.com. And please don't forget about the Ponies 24-7 Lymphoma Canada campaign, Don't Horse around with lymphoma. For more information on this, go to the landing page, lymphoma.ca slash ponies. Please donate to this cause. Stay with 105.9 The Region all weekend long. You won't be sorry. (laughs) And thank you for listening. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine with Ann Romer and Larry Simpson has been brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Tune in next Saturday morning at 8 for more from the world of horse racing. This is 105.9 The Region.